Coming to you from the kingdom of Marion, this is the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Wherever you may be listening in this world. Well, hello everyone. This is episode number 100. Imagine the unimaginable, some real solutions to our many issues. And I'm your intrepid host, Ernest Mann. What I would ask you to do is to imagine. I want you to imagine quite a bit. And after I think that um, you follow me along on this imagining, you're going to uh, begin to discover perhaps quite a few things that um, you didn't know. What I'd like for you to do is to imagine a different world entirely. I want you, in short, to imagine the unimaginable. This is a world, and that would involve your own country, wherever that may be, of uh, virtually no poverty. We don't have to worry about homelessness because the circumstances are such that it simply wouldn't exist. We don't have problems with homelessness of rampant and uncontrollable drug abuse And we also are not engaged in essentially meaningless wars and conflict. We uh, don't have homeless people camped out on our streets and under bridges. And crime is, well... Crime as we know it, let's say, is also virtually unexistent because the circumstances that surround crime and what precipitates it are gone. The causes have been virtually eliminated. And we... uh, Because as a consequence of this, there are so many aspects of our daily lives that are no longer issues, then that allows us to get on with the uh, prospect of actually living, of actually enjoying our lives. And that is the point of living. Because if you don't have that, well, 
you may be technically living, but you're certainly not enjoying life. Life is relatively short. It should be enjoyed. And so that's the point of view that I'm coming from. Now, in order that we understand this, we have to understand what are the causes of where we are right now. Now, there are a few of these. There are several. Not actually too many, but there are several. And for lack of a better term, it's because of a lot of unpreparedness, let's say. Because there are three primary causes of everything unpleasant that we are experiencing as a human community. And the very first thing that we have to understand and we have to fess up to is the issue of population. I've touched on this in the past but I'm going to go a little bit deeper at this point. Population, or actually lack thereof as far as control is concerned, is what is precipitating all the craziness I wouldn't, again, say that in its entirely, but it is a large component thereof. So what we need to do, hold on to your hats, because on the surface, I know this is going to sound like a pipe dream. It's going to sound crazy. But here are the facts. I've done quite a bit of research and my own calculations on this subject. And basically, as far as population is concerned, the long and the short of it is that we need to reduce the population significantly. This is in the area of 2 billion. Now, if we had such a population of around 2 billion, if we factor in the other elements that I'm going to talk about, we don't have to worry about all of the other issues that have been plaguing us, particularly for the last 20 years. There are simply two many people on the planet, period. Now, in very broad terms, we have 
a couple of different choices. We can do essentially nothing as far as what I'm about to talk about is concerned and just continue to think that we are going to be able to somehow muddle through and or that technology is going to save us. But that is magical thinking. This planet can comfortably, I say comfortably, support around 2 billion. If I really, really wanted to push things, I'd say, okay, 3 billion. But still, I'm sticking to my guns saying around 2 billion. Now, if we had around 2 billion people in the world, there are so many things that are currently issues that would no longer be issues. We don't have to worry about homelessness. Everybody has a home. We don't have to worry about war. And we don't have to worry about disease. We don't have to worry about constant conflict all of the time. Because ultimately, when it comes down to it, what all of this is stemming from is a lack of access to resources. When I say resources, I'm not just talking in the classic case of, say, water or food. And certainly they are resources, but it's not that. It's a deeper human element of simply having space and space that we can call our own. In German, that's Lebensstrom. Now, that term in German, Lebensstrom, can have a negative connotation because it was used by the Nazis during the Second World War. But its connotation was entirely different, as it meant specifically living room for Germans. But here is the alternative. If we do nothing, or essentially do nothing, we are going to keep having the same problems endlessly. And in addition to that, they're only going to get worse. And they're only going to get worse for the fundamental reason of a lack of resources. Now, there's also the element of greed. So there are a handful of people that I don't have to go into for you to know, and I'm sure you probably do know, there 
that are obscenely rich. That represents resources. So the thing is, under the current guise of capitalism or corporate capitalism or what have you, they, uh, they simply state that, uh, well, this is essentially uh, the only game in town, at least as far as what the, for instance, U.S. propagates throughout the world. This is it. This is our, uh, this is our system. This is based on uh, everything fundamentally reliable about human nature and so forth. And well, this is it. You have no choice. It is simply it. It is what it is. Deal with it and the hell with you. Well, this is complete narcissistic bullshit. Now, I want to make perfectly clear, I am not calling for or talking about a socialist utopia. Because time and again, even the people who want to believe so heavily in the proponents of it, it in and of itself is not the answer. But one of them, one of the absolute keystones, is that we have to reduce population. Simply put, we're reaching the point where there simply are not enough resources to go around. Even if you take into consideration the lowly workers, the peons, the people, as it's commonly known, not enough for them because so much of the planet's resources is simply taken up by the obscenely wealthy. Now, just very briefly, I would like to add that one might think, you might say, for instance, well, this situation has been around for at least a hundred years and they have tried various economic systems and they have failed and it is what it is and therefore we simply have to accept the tenets of what's been pretty much brainwashed into us and once again it's like hey Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is the only show in town. This is it. This is all you got. It doesn't get any better than this. End of argument. Well, I'm going to tell you that that is complete bullshit, and it's not the end of the argument. Because even though it's true, say, 100 years ago, and I'm going to talk about America in particularly, or in particular, um, we had our robber baron phase of unbridled capitalism. And yes, there were all of the indignities of the poor that people suffered because that is something which is endemic within that system, even at that time, to 
make the dreams of certain populations come true. But now the game has changed because, quite frankly, there was nowhere near the population at that time as there is now. And the thing is, is that even though you could tolerate X number of people, or apparently X number of people were willing to tolerate being poor and indignant and un, uncouth and unwell-fed and all of that, it's quite a different story when you have such a much larger crowd of people that are suffering under the same yoke. So the thing is, first and foremost, we have to reduce the population. So here are the choices. You can say, oh, the hell with that, because no one's going to do that. Well, again, it's about choice. We can go on mucking through this as it is and pretend as though there's some other answer or that some other technology is going to save us or deliver us. But I'm telling you that is not the case. It's not the case because the one factor involved in all of this has to do with population and required resources. And again, there's simply not enough to go around. It's already been projected, it's already been understood that if this planet were to have anything near, I say near, the standard of the contemporary Western societies as far as a standard living is concerned, we would have to have four to four and a half Earths to be able to supply that. Let that sink in just for a moment because, well, we don't have four to four and a half Earths. Matter of fact, we only have one. So things at the home camp need to change. And they, uh, if they don't change, it's going to be more of the, not only the same old, same old, but it's going to get a whole lot worse and it's going to get a whole lot uglier. And that's where we are now because compared again to the robber baron age, when we had the population base that we had, well, X number of people were, for lack of a better term, willing to suck it up and just accept things as they are, or rather as they were. But that's not the case now. Because, quite simply, if you have people that are existing at a very low modicum of existence, and then you add 
three, four, five times the population, what do you think is going to happen? This pales in comparison to any argument of any given economic system. The point is, is that there are simply too many people. So, off the cuff here, what I'm saying is that we have to have a dramatic population reduction. Now, if we do nothing planned and active in order to achieve this, one way or the other, it's going to happen. It's going to happen through war, famine, pestilence, not to mention constant social strife, and who knows what next pathogen can pop up. Something that makes COVID look like nothing. Something actually that makes even the bubonic plague look like nothing. Because the earth and all of the various machinations that work within this world, they have a different plan, which apparently is separate from our own. I'm not quoting this exactly, but in the words of uh, the great comedian and social, well, he was a socially aware person, let's say. George Carlin, he said, don't worry about the earth. When the earth gets sick of us, they will simply shake us off like a bad case of fleas. And the fact is, that's what we are. That's what we have become, a really bad case of fleas. It's only a matter of time before the earth gets sick of us. Now, we could do something proactively to try to avoid this. And um, that's what needs to be done. And if we don't do that, then any other argument, anything that is constantly coming up about how to solve and the various potential solutions these problems. We have become so readily identified with and dependent on technology that we're somehow going to just techno our way out of this. But we're not. We're not because, again, you can't change certain laws, laws of resources and living as we are with the population that we currently have is simply not sustainable. So we need to institute policies of population control. Now, this may be, of course, very difficult 
especially in the uh, female community. Because, after all, a woman's entire being, for the most part, is about reproduction. And the last thing on earth that she would want to hear is that she can't have any children or that how many children she can have must be limited. So that has to be worked out. And whether or not it's worked out from the carrot or the stick, it's going to have to be dealt with because we simply cannot carry on with the same old, same old. Other than the huge issue of population control, as far as government is concerned, well, I'm probably not surprising you if I tell you that the current forms of the shining, the shining sun on the hill known as America and its form of democracy, which, by the way, is not actually a democracy at all. It is a plutocracy led by oligarchs. But because it's so comforting and because that's what you have been trained to believe since grade school, that we live in a democracy, well, there you have it. But um, I'm proposing something different, that we adapt direct democracy. I'm not necessarily saying that just because this exists, its current form, with other countries which are more what we call socialist inclined, but we need to change the entire system into a uh, system of direct democracy. That means no more representative and no more besides representatives. We don't have those who are bilking us for God only knows how many hundreds of millions of dollars. But um, of course, with that, you can toss the uh, electoral college Yep, that's got to go, too. Now, with direct democracy, the vote is brought up for the population. Direct vote for each person. Not the representatives. Not that shell game, which they call democracy, but actual democracy where on very important issues, the general population actually gets a vote and the greatest number wins, and there you have it. So, no more representative, I say in quotes, democracy. We have to become a direct democracy. And we have to get rid of the Electoral College. I mean, there would be, actually at that point, there would be no need or want for the Electoral College. Because when these things were, historically speaking, put in place, 
if anyone has tried to put the idea across to you that the founding fathers were all about the current um, edition of what this supposedly is, they weren't. As a matter of fact, I believe it was Tom Jefferson that actually hated, and as did many of the founding fathers, they hated the idea because they didn't like the notion that just common folk would be able to determine governmental or public policy. They were considered the uncleansed and the uncouth. So, um, yeah, they, they actually, not all of them, but they, uh, many of the prominent figures, they weren't too keen or hip on the idea of uh, what we're currently calling you know, um, democracy at all. It scared the living hell out of them, as a matter of fact. So just bear that in mind. Um, with a direct democracy, a uh, social issue is brought forward population votes, not the representatives. I think it would be real interesting as an example to see with this this case, this whole ridiculousness of Roe v. Wade, where that would have been or where that would stand as far as being overturned is concerned had we had not issues with a Supreme Court, but actually voted via direct democracy. Now, I'm not saying this is perfect, but we are trying to move in a direction which ultimately what makes the most sense is what benefits the people. Not the representatives and not their bosses who are the corporations, but what is actually good for society. Because if you're going to have any form of government and if it's going to be honest and if it's going to be remotely true to its intended purpose, well, what that should be is policies that are geared towards the improvement, protection, and betterment of the living conditions of society, period. If it's not doing that, it's not representing you. It's representing something else. And... As long as we continue to have this form of representation, at least as far as I'm concerned, you're going to get the same old, same old. And you're going to get the same old Democrat versus Republican, 
versus conservative versus liberal versus this versus that. And we've put up with that shit and heard this ad nauseum for 40 years. Meanwhile, our lives, our daily working lives as citizens, continues to spiral down. It's not getting better. And it's not getting better for your children. It's not getting better for the future. All you hear are excuses, but it's not getting better. You know what? It's not going to get better. It's only actually, however slowly, however tinily, incrementally going to get worse. Then, everybody's looking around and they're saying, well, things aren't getting any better, but then they shrug and then they have to go back to work because that's the only choice you have. See, we do this thing, we do this ritual for the presidency. We do that every four years as though it is actually meaningful and it means something. But actually, it doesn't. It doesn't mean a doodly damn. If that were the case, after the second administration of Obama, things would have been so much better for the country. But it wasn't. It was a lot worse. The same thing applies to Clinton. The same thing applies to the Bushes. It's never ending. But then you're supposed to take your time and listen to all of the endless excuses as to why it isn't. But the fact is, <clears throat> that's not really the reason. The reason is that all of them, forget about DNR for just a moment. They're all corrupt. It's crookedness. It's about a select group of people, the uber wealthy, and how they can just keep playing these fools year after year, decade after decade into the same old dog and pony show. And the question only becomes, how long, realistically, can this go on? How long are you willing to not open your eyes and say, damn, I'm not doing any better than I was 10 years ago. My kids can't afford a home, that's laughable. Shit, just to survive, my kids, they may or may not be in college, even so, they have to, they have to, they have to um, live with, uh, in an apartment with multiple people, again, just to keep shelter. And that's no easy feat in and of itself especially 
if you don't have some kind of support. And all those people, I'm not saying every one of them, but I'm saying a large majority of those people who are currently homeless, well, they didn't have that. Now, with, as I said earlier, with the system that I'm talking about, where there is so much plenty for everyone, simply because, very simply, can't get this across enough. There simply are far fewer mouths to feed. I mean, <clears throat> if you used a, uh, you know, analogy of you cooking or doing a uh, dinner or backyard barbecue or what have you, and you plan it for X number of people, and of course you also plan for a few stragglers that may show up, it's okay, it's fine. And you're gracious and everything's going along fine. Then what if unexpectedly another 10 people show up? Well, you know, that just means a bit less for everyone, but not too much, but we, you know, because we want this to stay pleasant. It's all about constantly having to be pleasant. And then you throw another 10 or 12 into the mix. Well, if you get my point here, there's only a matter of time where Virtually no one has enough food in what was intended to be a pleasant social get-together, dinner, backyard, barbecue, whatever the hell it was, becomes very unpleasant simply because of the number of people. And the earth can only sustain comfortably so many people. And so... um. We have to have population control, and we have to have an institute without compromise, direct democracy. Now, if you take this pack of criminals, that's my term for them, the old quote-unquote representatives who were effectively actually very, very good at representing themselves now uh, in America here Nancy Pelosi's worth I don't know 400 million ish uh, Chuck Schumer is close behind with 300 million ish and it just goes on and on again it doesn't matter if it's a D or all D or R it's the same game so if you keep playing the same game, well, you're going to end up with the same result. <laughs> so yeah, we need the direct democracy. Now, the next issue is may sound, compared to what I've been talking about, this may sound very strange as though perhaps I haven't sounded strange enough already but this one 
because this one was something and has been something well over 100 years that has been put out there to help to make certain that you are not awake or aware enough of how you're being hoodwinked and it's everywhere and it's legal but here's the thing with the exception of say some you know fairly new drugs that were developed that have destroyed countless lives such as fentanyl and oxycotton this one's been around quite a while and yes, those good old Americans founding the country, they learned very quickly what a great tool it is to subdue a population. And of course, I'm talking about alcohol. Now, I don't want to get all carry nation crazy on boo on alcohol. But what I am saying what I know for a fact is that nothing overall, no other drug, is responsible for destroying more lives from every angle than alcohol. Of course, I'm not just talking about all the needless deaths from you know, DUIs and drunk driving and needless, stupid bar fights where over the dumbest things that some guy punches another guy and the guy falls down, but he accidentally hits his head the wrong way and he dies. And But it's much deeper than that because alcohol not only screws up your reasoning abilities but it lasts basically forever if you are constantly using it so it screws up your ability to well think and you'll notice of course not only is it legal but it is certainly definitely represented in what we call the hood or in ghetto areas. There's a reason for that. It's not, as in the past, a character flaw of the people that supports the business. The business is there as a pimp for any addiction that can be brought about through their unfortunate circumstances and misery. Again, it's a self-perpetuating cycle. If you go back in history of, say, Russia, it was discovered, for instance, um, the under the Tsar, Tsar Nicholas under, in Russia, and perhaps even before that, that... Um, of course, you know, Russians or Russian culture is famous for its, you know, use of vodka. 
but actually the same technique that we later picked up, particularly the U.S. government, of very quickly recognizing and understanding how alcohol could destroy the will and social cohesion of Native Americans, particularly because they are much more genetically susceptible to the effects of alcohol. Well, they certainly didn't have any problem with utilizing any means necessary to make certain that they were, in fact, plied with alcohol. The same thing now, though, applies to us. Again, I am not on any kind of religious crusade or to be boo on alcohol. But it is the number one drug in America. And I probably, for you people that are listening, and especially if you have any experience in this, everything from tragic DUIs to broken marriages to broken families, the list goes on and on and on. You know that what I'm saying is the truth. Many people, unfortunately, don't. It is meant to be the uh, morphine of the masses. And ironically, do not want to be misunderstood or misconstrued here, but ironically, actually, heroin is actually far less destructive to the mind or body than alcohol. Yet, of course, heroin is illegal. I am not a proponent of using heroin. I am simply stating a fact. The idea seems to be not only through constant manipulation through the media of unending consumerism, commercials, you know what I'm talking about. And then in addition to that, alcohol, making it fashionable, to making it as though it's a relatively normal thing that everybody needs to be and should be doing. Well, there are a few things that can destroy lives faster and is more, well, insidious in what it does. And even in small amounts, it accomplishes this. But the bigger thing, the bigger point of it is to keep your mind turned off and to keep you sedated. To keep you sedated in a current or post-alcoholic funk so that quite literally you're not making the best decisions in the world. That you are being manipulated and you don't even know it. Then, even if after a certain point you did know it, 
you would not even care because you're too much in the grip of the drug. So that's three very big uh, issues on the plate. And I know perhaps the third one concerning alcohol, maybe you weren't expecting. So I can tell you this much. If we at least implemented bare minimum the first two issues that I were talking about, you would see in short order how much of an improvement in a short period of time there would be, particularly if you could do all three. So I get asked for the answers. Well, this is uh, this episode is the uh, the answers, not all of them, and I'm not saying that they're perfect or that they're complete. But I think as a huge brushstroke in general terms, I think that they're uh, pretty much on the mark. Well, that's all I've got to say for now. If you like what you heard, or if you didn't like what you heard, leave a comment. And if you really liked it, tell a friend. Until next time, this is Ernest Mann reminding you to be careful in this crazy mixed up world. Crazy mixed up world. Crazy mixed up world. Crazy mixed up world. I'm in a crazy.